The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm your host, Ed Meyer, and thank you for tuning in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about these sport of kings, especially this Thursday, as we are about ready to embark on a history-making weekend. Yep. If you've been under a rock, the great Zenyatta, in town in Louisville, Kentucky, ready to go 20 for 20 and etch her name in the history books. Big weekend. I mean, it's just, in my lifetime, I don't know if there's been some better betting opportunities and probably some of the best races I've seen. Breeders' Cup, 27, Louisville, Kentucky, this year and next. So, hey, if you like it this year, you get a whole lot of action for next. Let me run down the weather forecast. This was according to Tom Lamar from the Blood Horse. Tom now is a meteorologist. Not just joking. He's one hell, hell of a man in racing that covers the entire sport and does it very well. Giving us a little heads up on the weather forecast. Friday, November 5th, first day of the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Gets a bit interesting. Predictions of rain and snow showers from late in the evening from the 4th through noon the following day. Weather.com is calling for a high temperature of 48 degrees for the Friday program. It'll be in the upper 30s through noon. Breeders' Cup could benefit from having a first post time at 2 p.m. at Churchill Downs because skies are expected to clear and the temperature to remain steady throughout the evening. Chance of precipitation is 30%. According to weather.com, the forecast for Saturday, November 6th, calls for sunshine, a high temperature of 52 balmy degrees. Right now, it's, it's 44, and it looks ugly out there. It's dark. It looks ugly. Moisture has been scarce in the Louisville area, and for some time, and the connections of the Breeders' Cup runners would like nothing more than some rainfall, but I don't think it's going to happen. It might come in the form of snow flurries. But they have been dousing the course. When I say dousing, the Euros are kind of shying away from the turf course. There just wasn't much rain in the Kentucky area. And I'm short of a drought, which really was a drought, affecting the tobacco and and all the other crops in the state of Kentucky. Churchill Downs, track superintendent Butch Lair, one of the best in the business, has been watering the track the turf course each and every night for 10 minutes and keeping it moist. He said it's firm, but not overly firm. It's safe, and that's the best part. It's safe, and it's just fine. The Euros have been working way off the hedge, some on the dirt, and they're actually waiting to see what goes on. Sir Michael Stout coming over to observe these past few days. So we're kind of, I hate to say it because I don't even want to go there, workforce even having thoughts of, you know, kind of disappointed in the turf course because the turf in in Europe has a little give to it. And we're going to get a nice, firm going with a fast track. It's going to be cold, but it's going to be safe and it's going to be great. So bundle up, dress accordingly. This is going to be a big-time show today. It's because we are going to dissect it and break it down. Tonight we're going to have a special guest on, as we always do in segment number two. We're going to probably go two, three, and beyond, talking horses and dissecting the two-day event. Joining us is going to be TPA President, Publicity Director Extraordinaire, Professional Photographer, Chef, and a man I'm glad to call my friend, Mr. John Collins Engelhart. We've handicapped a few hundred times, maybe not a thousand, but seems like it to him, I'm sure. But uh, 
we're going to dissect it down. No better person to have than John Engelhardt on board because he's been down in Louisville. He knows what's going on behind the scenes, what's happening. The things you read about are the things that he and his media brethren are down there seeing firsthand. He's going to kind of paint the picture. So you didn't get a chance to go. You're not behind the velvet rope. But Mr. Engelhart was, and he's going to share with us. Looking forward to it. Actually, wouldn't cut loose with me. He would not tell me. He says, I'm keeping it fresh. I'm keeping it out there. And I like that. Kind of keeps me on my toes. Looking forward to handicapping with John. Always do, and it always makes it interesting. And if I may say so, please write it down in pen. John knows his game. Better's Banquet. And it all kicks off 2 p.m. first post time of day number one. We've got a win place show, the usual stables, exacta, trifecta, supers, pick threes, rolling daily doubles, a pick four starting in race number three. Race number five is a jock bet, a jock place. You can play on the rider who accumulates the most wins, according to Jay Hovde of the Daily Racing Forum. He likes Julian Le Peru, Johnny Velasquez, who has 10 mounts, Joel Rosario, 10 mounts. Le Peru is riding 13 of 14. He's doing a yeoman's task. But he said if he had to roll the dice and put a gun to his head, Jay Hovde comes out with Joel Rosario. Jock play. Kind of an interesting, interesting prize. It's not a proposition, but, but it's kind of an interesting play. Race number seven. There's going to be a pick four, guaranteed pick four. Race ten, a super high five. And here's the best part. Super effectives are all ten cent. Ten cent supers, just like we have each and every day. Fifty cent pick threes, pick fours. The Daily Double and Super High Five, a $1 wager. you got to love that. Day two and pick four begins in race number four. Pick six, race number seven, a $2 million guaranteed pick six. And a pick four in race number eight. Now, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what more you could, really, you, you could really ask for. I mean, that is a real betters banquet there. And, you know, it, we're going to have to bundle up. We're going to have to stay, you know, uh, we're going to have to stay kind of late fall. But, hey, that's part of the game. That's part of the game. Speaking about part of the game, I'm going to jump out to my good friend. We're going to grab him online. we got Mr. John Collins Engelhardt. John, are you there? Steady Eddie, I am here, ready to roll. But if people are writing this stuff down with a pen, they better make sure there's a lot of ink in it because you can go deep in a lot of these races. Well, John, I wanted to grab you on hold here. I don't like you hangling and dangling out there in limbo, but we also have Dangerous Dan. He's going to give us a hot play, and he said this is tap-out bet with both hands. We're going to also invite Dan in. Dan, are you there? I'm here, Ed. Dangerous Dan, I've been waiting with bated breath. You've only said one name, and I'm not going to spoil it, but you just said this is going to be a monster bet for Dangerous Dan. I don't bet big. You guys know me pretty well. I'm usually a $2 to $10 better. Um, and I started preaching this horse to you and anybody would listen last October 31st on Halloween uh, when I saw him win a, a race at Keeneland. The horse is blame, Ed. Um, he's running in the Classic. He's, he's second choice, morning line. He's not getting a lot of love. I think his odds are going to shoot up 6-7-1. to one. Zenyatta has earned everything she's done. She's not been given anything. She's, every race that she's ran in, she's won. She's beat them. The thing I don't like is, about her is I think a lot of her company was suspect out there on the West Coast. Other than the Classic last year, there were a lot of turf horses in, in, in the Classic last year. We all saw that. Gio Pony running second to her. This year is a totally different ball game. You got a lot of dirt horses in here. You got a few Grade One winners. Blame to me stands out. I think he's the value play of the year. I think that he's going to win this race by three to five lengths, Ed. And I've been preaching it for four months, and and no one's listening, obviously. But on Saturday, when Zenyatta looks up, when she's starting to make her move, and she sees Blame's ass. It's going to be all well, over. Well, Dan, you better hope they don't listen because that means there's a better price for you, and rightfully so. You have been preaching this for a while. But your man Garrett Gomez was involved in a spill, and if I may digress, and we'll go to John Englehart here. He's right with us. Stay on the line, Dan. Johnny, give us an update on uh, Mr. Garrett Gomez. 
Well, Mr. Garrett Gomez has been treated and released from the hospital. According to his agent, he's going to honor all of his uh, mounts over the next two days, which I think totals 13. Uh, he says that he's uh, sore in the shoulder, but it's not the first time he's taken a tumble, and he should be fine and ready to run tomorrow. Sounds good to me. Dan, does that affect you in any way, shape, or form? No way, shape, or form. One thing I want to point out to you, Ed, and I talked to you about this yesterday, to the listeners, if you look at Blame's record this year, he's had four starts. He's had three wins. He's won $1,051,000 and some change. Zenyatta's had five starts, five wins for $930,000. Her best buyer this year is a 103 on the poly. Blame's is a 112, I believe, in the Whitney. A 111 in the Whitney. That race in the Whitney, Quality Road had everything his own way. 24, 48, 111-4, and he just got ran down. Nobody pressured Quality Road in that race. He had it his own way, and Blame just nailed him. This horse, to me, in the Jockey Club Gold Cup, I told people not to bet him. It was, why risk your horse for 500000 when you're going to run him for $5 million? The thing is, is this, it was like a schooling race. Blame hadn't felt the whip in three or four races. When they, when they come into the stretch, Gomez smacked him a few times and then wrapped up on him kind of early, and the gallop out was what impressed me because he went right by Haynesfield. So he was getting to Haynesfield. Fly down was quitting. Uh, he tried to get the blame, and it just wasn't happening. And, and like I said, I don't think blame was giving it his all in that race. I look for blame to shock the world on Saturday. Okay, we know it's your tap-out bet. We know it's your biggest bet. What kind of odds do you project? I'm going to say maybe 6, 7 to 1, because I think Zenyatta's going to get way over bet. I think that looking at Lucky, he's going to get bet a lot. That horse has a legitimate shot, if anybody. That horse is, is so improving. Um, I, I think that uh, Gomez, though, and we talked about this too, Ed, Gomez gets booted off looking at Lucky. <laughs> he's riding blame. What kind of vengeance would that be for him? Texas Justice right back and serving in cold. Danny, thanks for the call in. Blame, six to win, winning by three to five lengths. Dan, if that's happening next week, we expect you calling and uh, smoking $100 cigars. About right? <laughs> that sounds good. Drop All right, Dan. house, baby. <laughs> thanks for the call in, and best of luck, and best of luck to blame for you. All right, good luck, guys. Thank you, Danny. John, thanks, uh, thanks for holding there, and thanks for uh, interjecting about Garrett Gomez. Uh, uh, once again, John Collins Engelhardt joined us here, and we've handicapped more than, uh, more than a few times. I'm sure it seems like about a million to John, since he's actually had to sit next to me on many of, a, many of these occasions. John, uh, if you can just refresh just very quickly, uh, of all the hats that you wear this part of the year, the TPA, is, is near and dear to your heart, and many of your duties take you down to Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, well, the Turf Publicists of America, we're about 140 of the, the marketing and, and publicity people uh, among the uh, North America. And let me tell you, we're, we're a group that's really got our work cut out for us. So it's a constant struggle to, to keep our sport, you know, in, in front of the eyes of many. Uh, certainly we got a little shot in the arm this year with, uh, with Secretary being out there. You, know, you recall about, uh, what was it, maybe six years ago now that, uh, sec- that uh, Seabiscuit hit the screen. And it, we saw a little bit of flux in the fan base there. There are people that hadn't been interested in racing. So we're kind of hoping that uh, Secretary will do the same. Meanwhile, we'll just keep plucking along, trying to get people to come to the races because it's the greatest sport God ever created. I, I concur completely. And it seems like uh, it was about two months ago you and I, we had, uh, or, uh, upon your invite, uh, we had uh, wonderful seats to see uh, the movie Secretary. I don't think it could have come along at a better time it, it was made for the family. It wasn't a hardcore horse players movie. It didn't talk a lot about money, and it talked about just the beauty and the pageantry and, and everything surrounding the Secretary Mystique. Yeah, the hardcore horse player is going to find mistakes in the movie. Certainly, uh, the fact that they never even mentioned the name Reva Ridge, who helped Meadows stable <laughs> quite a bit, uh, you know, and a few other flaws. But the bottom line is, if, if anything, it could create new fans. And 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 it didn't tell any lies about Secretariat's career. Everything in there was factual. And, of course, local uh, River Downs jockey Otto Thorworth did a great job uh, starring as Ron Turcotte. I was happy to hear that. So, But hopefully we'll get a big story that jumps out of uh, Louisville in the next 48 hours, Ed. I'll tell you what, uh, there's a lot of interesting angles, as you well know. You've been sleeping with the form under your pillow for a week. 
And, you know, it's not doing any good uh, unless <laughs> I actually read it. I, I found that out the hard way over these many years. John, what I actually have uh, found uh, to be helpful is uh, you, people like yourself and Tom Lamara, Marty McGee, they're, they're on, Jenny Reese, they're on the scene, they're on the beat. And is there any way that you can encapsulate a, 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 just a painted picture of what's going on, uh, the, the, the quick hubbub of what's happening in Louisville, Kentucky this week? Uh, well, it, it, it's the Zenyatta story. There's no doubt about it. When I was there the first day she came out on the track, you could just feel the energy come with her as an army of people followed her onto the track. She's so cool. She went down the, the, the seven furlong chute and just stood there for about 10 minutes, taking it all in, and then finally uh, started to jog off and just the, the energy was unbelievable. The, the, the whole racing world is behind her. Whether or not you want to bet uh, a blame or looking at Lucky in the race, that's your prerogative. But as far as should she win this race, the outcome that it would have for our sport uh, would just be a great shot in the arm, uh, probably ten times greater than Secretariat because this is the real story. I'm dying to see who's going to star in Zenyatta should she win the Classic. So that's really been, been the big buzz, no doubt about it, uh, at Churchill this week. You know, we were lucky enough two weeks outside of the race to have John Sheriffs on. And what a cool customer he was and such a wonderful gentleman to have on, John. And, and he alluded to the 60 Minutes piece. And if you were lucky enough to catch that, if you're not lucky enough to catch it, it's on Equidaily.com. But the 60 Minutes piece was terrific. And it even played a piece in the morning line odds uh, Mike Pataglia, who does a stellar job, he actually had him a little higher, and then, or excuse me, she a little higher, and then his wife actually showed him the Oprah magazine and dropped a couple notches, and then 60 Minutes dropped a couple notches. I hope nothing happened, you know, between uh, that that and eight to five, or who knows where we would have been for Mike Pataglia's odds that day. Well, you know, uh, of course, you've landed some outstanding guests, and quite frankly, we'll get a chance to talk about several of them because they train uh, some of the top uh, ho- horses in the next two days races but um, you know John Sheriffs uh, of course uh, the Turf Publicist of America we give out our Big Sport of Turfdom Award and we gave it out to teams in Yada last year and this guy is such a class act he really is a private person but he realizes what this horse is doing for the benefit of thoroughbred racing and, and the fact that she really is becoming a legend in her own right and the other day after the work of course he cooled her out under the shed row then he brought her outside and they had little wooden horses up so the photographers and the fans don't get near her but it, it went all all the way out to Longfield uh, Street behind the track, and he was grazing her there with her uh, blanket on, and it literally stopped traffic. People were getting out of their cars with their children and bringing them up to the fence, and the groom brought Zenyatta over, and little boy was like petting her nose through the fence. I mean, John Sheriff has just done a fantastic job at promoting racing and certainly an unbelievable job at spotting Zenyatta every, everywhere she wants. Uh, yes, you could say perhaps uh, she hasn't uh, faced uh, the, the, the toughest in the world, although last year I do believe she won a race called the Breeders' Cup Classic <laughs> against the boys. So, uh, you know, I don't think she's out there ducking everybody, but she's had a well-mapped a career, according to John Sheriffs, and uh, don't give me this stuff that she can't run on dirt because her two largest margins of victory came on dirt courses, both of them four and a half lengths. So say what you want about this, Philly. I'm sure not throwing her out in the classic. I, you know, John, I, I think you have to take her in, in great consideration. Last year, when you alluded to uh, she beat the field there, way earlier in the season. We have Ramon Dominguez, luckily, as as a wonderful guest, a true gentleman. And I could tell that I actually hit the sensitive tooth on Mr. Dominguez when I said, when you were coming down the lane about the 16th pole and you were about three on top with Gio Ponte, did you think you had it won? I felt this growl in his voice. He looks over and sees this mare inhaling him. And and I have to say, I think I found his sensitive point that day. Yeah, and that was a field of 12. That was no easy task, you know, taking on the boys as she did. And, uh, you know, like I said, her schedule came up the way it came up. But what are we going to say? She's coming into the race this year. She's raced five times. They were all five grade ones. Everybody, every good mayor and filly in the country was invited to run, and a lot of them chose not to. 
a lot of them put in some great races. Switch and Renneville certainly gave her all they could give her, and she just got up to beat them. And later on in this program, we're going to talk about Switch and Renneville because you're getting 15 to 1 on both of those horses in a race that will be handicapping. Well, Renneville uh, has got to be near and dear to your heart, your good friend Eric Reed is the conditioner there in Rittable, uh plenty of speed galore. John, uh, alluding from uh, Zenyatta just for a moment, uh, workforce has been that negative name that, that is a possible defection. Do you see workforce scratching out due to the firmness of the turf course? No, and I'll tell you why. I ran into a guy that's part owner of her last night at the uh, Turf Riders Dinner, uh, who says that there might be some games being played here to lay the odds off on this horse. (laughs) Now, take it for what it is, okay? But this guy who's talking to me in a strong English accent goes, Oh, don't worry. You know, this horse is going to be running. They're playing some games right now to see which way the odds are going, to see which bookmaker they want to bet with. Because, you know, over there, when you bet, your bet's locked in. That is true. We need mutton chops doing his uh, doing his odds as he's talking. That's who we need, actually. Uh, it, it wouldn't have the same effect here right now, but when they have him on TV, I'm sure he'll be addressing workforce. But I, I was actually kind of worried about that. But Butch Lair, one of the best in the industry, I heard has been watering the turf course each and every night for 10 minutes. I'm sure he has. They had a brief shower today, nothing to really affect it. But they want a level playing field. We want to see the best beat the best tomorrow. And I don't think they're going to stack the cards against the Euros. And as you know, the Euros always do very well on the turf races in the Breeders' Cup. Fast and firm, and it's going to be cool to dress accordingly. As we talked about Tom Lamar, you didn't know he was a meteorologist, but according on his Blood Horse report, actually gave us some very uh, helpful information there. I was speaking from the folks from uh, Winning Ponies, and uh, where they're at is 90 degrees. I said, well, you can expect about half of that tomorrow, so please dress accordingly. Don't wear your shorts. Yeah, it's John, all in Kentucky. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, you know, I, I think from California, you know, he, he really didn't know what to expect. He's been here, uh, and uh, and I just uh, I, I would have hated to see anyone uh, suffer through the day. I know that I'm going to be bundled up, and I'm going to look like the Michelin Man. I'm going to be easy to see. You'll be able to spot me from a blimp. John, you got all that natural padding, too, so you got that going for you. <laughs> I knew that it wasn't going to escape, but I don't, I don't throw me a softball like that, Ed. <laughs> We've got a great card tomorrow, first post time of 2 p.m., and as I was uh, talking about earlier, we have a betters banquet. This year, we've got 50-cent pick threes and pick fours, which is super, and the dime super effect is, uh, is in play now versus the dollar. So, you know, the players, I actually think there's going to be a, a handle blow-up, and it, it is going to go out the roof uh, over these two days. But first post time of 2 p.m. tomorrow, and the real action gets running. We talked uh, off the air that we were going to kind of touch on uh, Friday's card and give our top selection, and we're going to begin in race number five at Churchill Downs on Friday. That is the Breeders' Cup Marathon, a mile and three quarters. Got to give you a little heads up here. The average payout is $5.60. The fifth race tomorrow, John and Churchill, mile and three quarters, lead us on in the marathon. Hard to get your teeth in the marathon because anything can really happen. Uh, I'm kind of attracted towards this Alcamo, the Brazilian bread, will be ridden by Rafael Bayerano. But, uh, you know, looking at the odds board, you got uh, Giant Oak is going to need some pace up front. All these horses, you know, I shouldn't say all, but many of them like to come from well out of it. And that's what's going to give me the nod towards Alcamo. I also like AU Minor. So I'll, I'll take Alcamo, and right now if he wins, he'll pay $14 to win. You know, I, I, I took a peek at it, and, and I started finding lack of real pace. Gabriel's Hill, 20 to 1, Julian Le Peru may have it. Gorgeous horse, by the way. Uh, Absolutely gorgeous. And it looks to be the only real speed in there, John. The, the rest are going to be coming off. I like AU Minor, and, and, but I come back with Giant Oak. Giant Oak has been, uh, been in my wheelhouse for quite some time. Early on was uh, someone that, uh, a player that I, I really wanted to run in the Derby, Garrett Gomez, who I hope and, and, I, and I pray that he's, uh, he's going to be on, uh, on two solid feet tomorrow for Chris Block, who does a yeoman's task in Chicago. Giant Oak in the marathon for me, 4-1. to one. If I get that, I, I think I've got a, a real nice play indeed. Yeah, no, no, no big standout in that race. And, uh, 
quite frankly, as we move on to what will be the sixth race tomorrow, the the mile on the turf, uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf, it, that's a pretty wide open event in its, in its own right. Uh, agreed completely. Once again, the average, and this really surprised me. Now, there's 27, well, not for these races, because there's only been a sampling of just a few years for the actual two-day event, but the average payout is $6.80. I really found this to be intriguing in here. Uh, the Juvenile, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Philly, they're going to go one mile on the greens for John, and it is a grade two event for a million dollars. You are the guest. Lead us on with a winner, sir. Well, the, the, the American horse to, to beat, I think, has to be uh, Jimmy Toner's Winter Memories, uh, who's had both firm and yielding courses, is, uh, you know, two for two. So you got a two-year-old filly by El Prado out of a silver hawk mare. He won the Irish Derby. Uh, these, I mean, this horse is bred top and bottom to, uh, to, to love the grass. And uh, it's done nothing wrong. Had, had a sizzling work at Belmont before shipping to Churchill. I do like a, a price horse in here. The horse's name is Tale Untold. 15 to 1, coming in from Newmarket. Just got beat a nose in a 20 horse field. 20 horse field. It's hard to believe that they, they can actually maneuver and, 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 and find their best stride. And, you know, there's got to be trouble galore. I agree with winter memories, and when you when you work together, you handicap together, you come out, and you you have a lot of the same runners. I, I like the James Turner runner, the two-year-old filly by El Prado, as you alluded to, that bred top and bottom. The dam is throwing out four turf winners, five starters, four of which are winners. I see the Miss Grio is a very very big race that you're going to want to keep on your uh, your radar screen. It was a Grade Three event, wins by five and a quarter lengths. Jose Lescano, who is a very nice turf rider indeed, he's 48 percent in the money. I like Winter Memories, John, and if we get two to one, I think that's something to remember all day long. I like the final comment on his running line too by the Daily Racing Form: stacked, six wide, powerful. I do like that indeed, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, many people forget about that on their way to the windows. And which leads us right on to race number seven, the Breeders' Cup, the Sentinel Jet Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare Sprint. It's a grade one event for $1 million. Average payoff, John, $8.80. Well, my notes on this uh, race are there's two to beat and there's two legitimate long shots. I think the two to beat our informed decision, who won this race last year. As a matter of fact, I was back there with her for about a half an hour the other day. She looked great. Uh, I watched a vet going over from top to bottom and came out of the stall with two thumbs up. Uh, probably be her swan song. Uh, the, the distance, 11 starts, 7 wins. I think the other horse to beat, though I don't like the post, is rightly so. Breaking from the unlucky 13, another horse who's 3 for 3 at the distance. The price horses in here were the two horses that gave an amazing scare to Zenyatta, and that would be Switch. A guy I know told me, John, write the name Switch down. Next time out, this horse is going to win. As a matter of fact, this is her next time out. 20 to 1 Switch. And also at 20 to 1 is Rintable. I believe Eric Reed was a guest on Winning Podies not too long ago, and this horse gave a huge scare to Zenyatta. So any two horses that can run within a half length of Zenyatta and just barely get beat, and you're getting double-digit odds on them, you better keep them in your exotics. You've got a whole lot of speed, and you've got a whole lot of connection there. John Sadler, one of the best speed trainers in California. Eric Reed, one of the nicest guys and a super trainer in his own right with Rinnerville at 20-1. to Would you ever thought you could 20-1 with Rafael Bejarano? John, it leads me right to the two. Sarah Louise, 15 to 1. Lanfranco de Torre, two off of the layoff here. You're getting 15 to 1. Six and a half furlongs to seven panels, two for two at Churchill, a win and a second, and was closing like gangbusters. Sharp three wide angle to the stretch. I see 15 to 1. And every time, uh, the last time, I should say, that uh, Frankie de Torre was on was the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint, which was on November 6th. Only had two races since then, and I see this girl coming in fresh. They paid $550,000 at the FASIC Tipton sales, John. Somebody thought this gal was going to be the real deal. Yeah, and just a note for your listeners, you know, three jocks to watch, you know, three jocks that really jump up when the money's down in the Breeders' Cup. Mike Smith has 13 Breeders' Cup winners, and tied at nine are Frankie DeTore and Garrett Gomez. 
I think that's a very powerful number there, especially when we have the uh, the jock bet out there floating around. And Jay Hovde, he uh, as I as I opened up with it, uh, he talked about Le Peru, Johnny V, Joel Rosario, and he also said that. His two dollars would be on Joel Rosario, and, and we both respect his writing and quite a handicapper. Very interesting indeed, and uh, that, that's quite a neat little bet there. Especially if you're only betting two or five bucks, I I sure wouldn't go uh, ape over because there's just too many betting opportunities. In the eighth at Churchill, John, we have the mile and sixteenth, the Gray Goose Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, a mile and a sixteenth. The average payoff is thirteen bucks. What do you say ye, Mr. Englehart? Well, I'm supposed to be at the Grey Goose uh, publicity party right now, but instead I'm hanging out with a buddy of mine on winningponies.com. Boy, Anyhow, that hurts. Uh, you know, again, uh, it, it looks to me, you know, I, I like an American horse and I like a Euro horse. Uh, AZ Warrior, uh, who has... Uh, uh, Alan Garcia, who I uh, believe has been a guest on your show, you look at the the running line on this horse, hand-urged in its last start, which was the grade one frisette. So you got a grade one winner there, and then you got the Thyskin's Theory, I'll, I'll call this horse, who's been racing over in Europe. Again, Frankie Dettori gets the call. Uh, this horse won a grade three and just missed in a grade one. That's a lot of class across the pond. Agreed. First time Lasix or Brian Meehan has to help with Thaiskin's theory at 10 to 1. Uh, and Frankie DeTore, anytime you get double digits, I'd say it's worth a play. It looks like this two year old filly is just getting better and better by Bernardini. John, I saw something last race out, and it was with the three R Heat Lightning, who's 4 to 1. Jay Velasquez in the Irons for Todd Pletcher. They're only winning 25% together this year, which is actually a low number, 25%, which is incredible in anyone else's books. Was a beaten favorite last time in the Frisette against AZ Warrior. Fought and had to wait. Right about the 16th pole was waiting and kind of steadying up a little tight, but once broken through, our heat lightning accelerated and just said, wait a minute, I'm not going to catch one. Let's keep this two-year-old filly fresh. And she's by Trippy, Johnny Velasquez in the iron. Uh, Pletcher, he only wins 25% with his two-year-olds in dirt, 26%. I say she's only going to get better and better. She's got a perfect draw. And I say 4-1. to one. There is no way in God's name she'll be 4-1 to one tomorrow. I, I would say that uh, that would be a real gift. But I love no, Ed, I think you're getting better than 4-1 to one on our Heat Lightning. I'll be honest with you. I think she's one that can be easily overlooked. Well, I sure hope you're right because, uh, as uh, you know, Danny Moo is only going to be betting blame tomorrow. So, uh, you know, I in fact might uh, might get uh, might get a little sneaker there, and that I would appreciate. On to race number nine, a mile and three AC Emirates Airline Breeders Cup Philly and Mare Turf Grade One, two million dollars as they go a mile and three eighths on the Greensward, John. Well, you asked about some of the buzz horses. Uh, the second biggest bud horses, of course, is Midday, who came across the pond and won this race last year. Uh, wasn't the favorite, but uh, everybody's just saying this is this is the horse to beat. Set four starts this year, three victories and a second, all in graded stakes race. Three grade one wins in a row. Without a doubt, the class of the field. Uh, a gentleman that I know has been on winning ponies that you respect a lot, as a matter of fact, may have been on last week, Mr. Marty McGee. I was at the Turf Riders uh, dinner with him last night. I said, who's your sleeper of the day? He told me, Harmonious. He said the QE2 was a humongous race. Midday had the trip of her life when she came over here last year, and he loves this horse. Six to one with your boy Joel Rosario in the saddle. And John Sheriff, they team up. They're winning 33% together, and uh, the buyer numbers are speaking volumes here. A mile and an eighth, John, was just a perfect trip for Harmonious. And I believe that was John Sheriff's first trip in and first win at Keeneland. You were there, and you said right after the race he wasn't taking part in the hubbub in the winner's circle. Where was he at? He was talking with a gate guy over near the rail. <laughs> yeah, he got everybody set up for the photo, and he tiptoed away. But that's the way he is. Like I said, he's an extremely private individual, but he still lent himself uh, to the to the media so he can get the word out on thoroughbred racing. He's a super guy. And I'll tell you, it's a harmonious school in the paddock yesterday, and she is an eyeful. Again, she's uh, going to get a little break in the weight because she is a three-year-old going against, going against older. Without a doubt, midday is the one to beat. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did midday work on the dirt this week? I uh, I I watched her on, on the dirt, but it didn't look like a work. It just looked like a strong gallop. 
Okay. That's actually where I'm leaning to is uh, right there at six to five. Tom Quealy in the irons for Henry Cecil. John, four for four in the money this year, three three of which were wins. And coming uh, right from Longchamp, I, I'm sure they would have liked to have seen a little give to the ground. But uh, from what I understand, midday can run on anything that they actually throw at. And November 6 and 09, uh, that was the case, winning by a length, forever together, running a beautiful third in there. There's a there's a horse that I know, or excuse me, a, a filly that I know that I, you have seen quite a few times that I'm going to use underneath an exacta by the name of Hot Cha Cha, James Graham for Phil Sims, who uh, who always seems to be game right around the... Right around the finish line, Hot Cha Cha is just getting started, and James Graham is quite a nice little turf runner. Yeah, just missed in the distaff mile uh, on Derby Day this year, so the horse uh, the horse can handle it. And right now, at thirty to one, they got that horse listed. I hope we get a piece of that action. I would too, my boy. On to race number ten, and it's going to be under the lights, which is going to be just super exciting if you've ever had the opportunity. Uh, to see that uh, it's hard to believe that you'd ever see uh, racing under the lights at historic Churchill Downs, but it's going to take part at 7.30. It's going to be nice and chilly by about that time. We're going to go a mile and eighth, the Breeders' Cup Ladies Classic, a grade one event, John. Well, uh, what you see here is a lot of amazingly talented three-year-olds willing to take on their elders in this race. I'm going to give the nod to Blind Luck, who was so, so impressive uh, in the Oaks this year, and hasn't done much wrong since then. This, I can guarantee you, it will be a thrilling finish. you got uh, the, the three-year-old blind luck, hard to leave out the five-year-old life at 10. He'll be breaking from the rail, but it's a wide-open race, Ed. Agreed once again with Blind Luck, Joel Rosario, 9-5. to five. That would be a real gift. Now, the 11 horse, I, yes. I agree with you completely with Blind Luck. The 11 horse, they've been pronouncing this as have de grace. There was a racetrack spelled exactly the same called Harvard de Gras. And it was in Maryland that you may have heard of it from, uh, it was a long time ago, like 1960 to 1950, and it was in Maryland. And actually, this filly is kind of caught my as the under part of the exact four to one with Jeremy Rose, but I see Blind Luck uh, commanding my top end of the, uh, the, the gimmick. Yeah, again, that'll be, uh, say what you want, Havre de Grasse. Uh, first uh, trip over uh, this track, uh, the horse very, very talented. Uh, it's got uh, one win and two losses to Blind Luck. It'll be interesting. Breaks from the 11 hole, Blind Luck from the 10. So another three-year-old taking on older. Well, John, that will be day one in the books. We're going to take a breath. I'm going to let you take a little sip of water, if you'd be so kind. We'll jump out to a break. And when we return, we are going to be talking about day two, the history-making day two of the Breeders' Cup World Championships here on Winning Ponies. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. Back goes O'Neill. He's at the shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. High school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and I'm joined by Mr. John Collins Englehart as we're talking nothing about Breeders' Cup, Breeders' Cup, Breeders' Cup. Hopefully we're imparting some winners. John, are you there? You know I am. I'm just listening and waiting for your cue, Ed. And, and there was a little ghost in the machine there, but my man Dion got it all fixed up there. Thought we were taking a break, but hey, you know what? That happens sometime when it's live, Johnny boy. Let me get started here with the... Uh, the prognostications, the predictions. I'm going to give you a little teaser here for those that are out there and uh, wondering what the predictions are saying. On Friday, race number seven, the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Sprint, seven furlongs. This is in the top tier. That is their top selection. That's number three secret, Gypsy, 12 to 1. Not 2 to 5, but 12 to 1. Robbie Alvarado is the top tier selection in race number seven with Secret Gypsy. Also, in race number nine, going to give you another little free, what do you call it, John? Is it Lanyap? Yep, a little something you didn't expect. A little something you didn't expect. Race number nine, the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf. 
eight to one, the ten red desire, the Japanese invader with Kent Sleepy DeSormo, who loves his mount, is in the top tier here. That's also in the winning ponies predictions. Then Saturday takes us to race number six, and this has been the house horse per se, because Winning Ponies actually coined it the house horse. It was their free selection. Rose Catherine, the 9-6-1 in the top tier with J.J. Castellano. That is in race number six on Saturday. Then race number 11, the classic. Top choice is the three Haynesfield. 12-1 Ramon Dominguez is the top selection. Top tier on this New York bread. There's a little something for you from Winning Ponies. You can check it out. Go to the website. Because the data is up and ready, and it is Thursday, 8.46 Eastern Time. Do the math wherever you're at, because you can now print it down and get it going. Talking about getting it going, I've got the man for the job. He's with us, John Collins Englehart. He's been fresh in Louisville, Kentucky, and he's handicapping with us now. And we are starting on day number two, and we're going to kick it off with the fourth race at Churchill. One mile on the turf, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf. It's a grade to event, John. All right, my comment here is it is wide open. It's it, it's a turf race. I'm going to go with experience, and I'm going to go with the Euros in here. I'm going to take Master of the Hounds. Master of the Hounds. The Euros. They've been talking big stuff about it, and and I, I say it's put up or shut up time. But and they never disappoint. They didn't disappoint at Santa Anita last year. I, I was between three. I liked Band at ten to one. Soldat at eight to one. Uh, you know, Tom Proctor, Kier McLaughlin, and I ended up with the thirteen pluck. Like pluck. Jared Gomez and and. Pluck to me, John, coming out of that Woodbine race this summer, a nice grade three event. I think Pluck is going to be ultra dangerous. Yeah, it doesn't need the lead and, you know, uh, put in a huge race in that uh, uh, $100,000 cotillion, but got in some trouble and was uh, DQ'd. Uh, yeah, Pluck, I've got a check mark by it. I've got four horses I like in here. But like I said, I'm going to put Master of the Hounds over uh, Montoba, Band, and Pluck. Release the Hounds. Under the fifth race of Churchill, we go six furlongs. The Sentinel Jet Breeders' Cup Sprint. Boy, that's a mouthful. Grade one, six panels they go. John, the average price payoff in here, $30. And this is the 27th running, so you know they've had some samplings of the Breeders' Cup Sprint. So $30 holds pretty tried and true. Who does Mr. Englehart like? Well, if you want a $30 payoff, go to a horse that loves this track, <laughs> and that would be Boy Roy with Calvin Burrell, a jockey that loves this track up. Uh, surprised everybody on Derby Day uh, with a win at the Churchill Downs a race, a grade two, quarter-million-dollar race with Burrell up at 10-1. to 1. Came back, had trouble in the Aristides. Uh, the horse has been doing fine. If that's my long shot play in there, Attaboy Roy, I think you've got to put him in with the two logistical horses down on the rail, uh, Big Drama and Girolama. You know, John, you go back with Attaboy Roy. Uh, you have some personal connections. An old friend of yours is involved with this runner as well. And you actually first picked up this Ridgeline at Emerald Downs, and you came back with some great stories of a lot of speed of Attaboy Roy. I, I, I don't have enough time to tell him now because we got more races to go. But, yeah, I was there when he uh, set the track record and I believe equaled uh, a North American record that day at Emerald Downs. He, it's a quick horse. It's a great story. He didn't cost a whole lot, but he can win a whole lot to, on Saturday, $2 million up for grabs. I see a lot of speed in there, and the speed leads me one post out to the 12, and that is Warriors Reward 12 to 1, Julian LePru and Ian Wilkes. Three off the layoff, Polly to dirt, and you know I love that angle, John. Four for four in the money at Churchill down, so no stranger, this four year old Colt by Medallia Dioro. Uh, in, in the grade three Phoenix, which I'm sure that you saw at Keeneland, was coming on like gangbusters. I see danger laying out and only has to overcome the 12 spot. I like Warrior's Reward, and I do agree with you. Girolamo and Big Drama, they complete my exact edge. Yeah, you mentioned the fly in the ointment. It might be the post position because this horse doesn't have a whole lot of early speed. Sixth race at Churchill Downs, five on the turf. The Breeders' Cup turf sprint, grade two, a million up for grabs, John. They're going to go five panels. Round up the usual suspects, Silver Timber, Central City, Chamberlain Bridge, Due Date, 
and last year's winner, California Flag. I'm just going to have to go off current form and uh, go with uh, Silver Timber. This horse has been dancing a lot of dances, but uh, looked awfully impressive winning the Woodford Stakes at Keeneland last time out. Wide open race, Ed. I can say very easily, ditto. Uh, we don't copy off each other's papers, even though we come up with the same answer so many times. Four to one is Julian Le Peru. Chad Brown is the is the trainer here. One for one. Uh, winning uh, winning ponies guest, as I recall. <laughs> in fact, yes, uh, uh, up and coming young lad uh, who came under the tutelage of Bobby Frankel. I love Silver Timber here. Second off the layoff, John. Five and a half to five panels. I don't think it's going to be a problem. I wanted to ask you, did you hear anything about Chamberlain Bridge in any type of bruised foot? No, I didn't. Well, good. I, I'm, I'm hoping that it's just uh, uh, something in my, my noggin that just entered in one ear and out the other it goes. On the seventh, the seventh race at Churchill Downs, a mile on the 16th, the Gray Goose, once again, Breeders' Cup Juvenile, grade one, going to go a mile on the 16th. Looks like Uncle Moe's race to lose look at the running lines on this horse and look at the racing four responses vigorous hand ride dueled in hand ride clear johnny v gets the call i like uncle mo and then of course you you've got uh you, you got Dick Dutrow saying how good his horses are going. He loves that uh, boys at Toscanova. Stay Thirsty's in there. This will be a fun race to make some of those uh, ten cent uh, tries. I, I agree. Or is it fifty cent tries? It was fifty cent tries. It's a ten cent super, which we actually love, and and I think that's going to uh, drive the handle right through the roof. I, I, I love Uncle Mo. My my only question, and it's about a one percent question, is can he handle two turns? That's a one turn mile at Belmont. I don't think it's going to be any problem. Wins by fourteen and a quarter lengths, then four and three quarters, under wraps, dueled in hand. I, I see Uncle Mo. Uh, I believe it's Dicky Vital's uh, one of his uh, his taglines. Uncle Mo in the house. I see Uncle Mo drawing away. But somebody for a second is Jay Cito, far from the outside. Mikey Smith, 8-1 to one for one Mr. Mike Mitchell. This guy gets in a whole lot of trouble, comes off a bit slow, but man, does he get ugly down the lane. I'm going to take Uncle Mo on top of Jay Cito, John. And your boy Mike Smith holds the record for Breeders' Cup wins with 13. Breeders' yeah. Cup mile, I guess we've got the Zenyatta's European counterpart in here, uh, Goldicova. You know, we really do, John. It's it's a mile mile on the turf. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us on this time. I'm gonna go right with Goldicova, Levio Pesselier in the arms for Freddie Head, who once upon a time scored in this exact race. I see Goldicova. It's her race to lose, John. Not that it's just such a, a walkover. I just think she's just that powerful. Goldicova right now six to five, and this is gonna be a three peat if she can do it. In my exacta, I'm going to take Panko Boy underneath. Yeah. Panko Boy always knocks on the door. Honest as the day is long. And if Goldakova takes an overland round and gets trapped on the rail, I see Paco scoring at a very nice price. But that's my exacta in the Breeders' Cup mile. You took the words right out of my mouth. Paco Boy not to be overlooked, but quite frankly, at 12-1 to 1, uh, with Hall of Famer Bill Mott putting up Mike Smith, Proviso should not be overlooked in any exotics. Uh, that last race at Keeneland was, was very impressive, and I think kind of one kind of easy. Ninth race at Churchill, one mile, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile, grade one, one million dollars up for grabs. Johnny, lead us on. I hope the price stays the same. Here comes Ben. Looks like the one to beat for me. It's a horse for course. Five starts at Churchill, three wins, a second and a third. Marty McGee gave me a little tout on Vineyard Haven last night, too. I think here comes Ben at 6-1. to one. Might be my best play of the day. I'm going to go with your horse. I'm going to box him up with Crown of Thorns, Bejarano at 4-1. to one. Race number 10 at Churchill. We're going to go a mile and a half to Breeders' Cup Turf. Grade 1 event, John. Uh, I'm going to go with Workforce, the horse they say is not going to run. You win the Arctic Triumph, you've got to do something <laughs> to prove that you, you're not some, something special. You know, I, I like Workforce, and I'm going to follow suit, and you, you took a lot of worry out of my heart. But I'm going to throw in Debussy in there, William Buick, a very fine uh, English rider, and, and won the Arlington Million. I'm going to throw in Debussy and Champ Pegasus from the rail, John. But well, you know what? You took a lot of fear out of my heart with Workforce there. The 11th race, it all comes down to this, the, the 27th running of the Breeders' Cup Classic, grade one, $5 million up for grabs. John? 
divine history for us. I really hope we get to see it made. I mean, uh, the, the, the good thing about Zenyatta's uh, running style is that the Churchill Downs over complements it. You've seen some of those tighter turns out on the West Coast where she's had to go six and seven wide around a field. She's going to have that nice long stretch at Churchill Downs to run at the to run at these horses with you know the quality road's going to be a big part of the pace Haynesfield figures to be up there first dude I think Blame sits off it and, and is a very legitimate horse it, he'll be making his swan song and then off to stud at Claiborne all I can say is uh, my heart and hopes uh, go with Zenyatta certainly if she was looking for a race with her speed up front she's got it and uh, we'll get three pounds from the boys you know John I, I was going to pick Put her in second, but you know what? I'd rather lose my $2 wager and see racing history be made because what a day it will be. And I didn't mention one of your favorite horses, which I should have. I haven't gone deep enough, is looking at Lucky, who looked fantastic uh, galloping in the morning. That that right there tells the tale. Uh, I've heard it, and actually you've now uh, confirmed it. That's what I'm going to use underneath. But Zenyatta, girl, go for 20 for 20 and rewrite history, but I'm going to take looking at Lucky for second. John, we'd like to thank you for taking your time to be with us here on Winning Ponies, and it's always a pleasure as usual. Time flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing, and this week has been no different. The horses and connections are assembled, and Breeders' Cup 27 is about to take place under the historic Twin Spires, and the history books are open and ready to be changed. Winning Ponies would like to thank our special guest, Mr. John Englehart. Mr. Englehart, thank you very much. Glad to be here, Ed. Let's hope we get lucky. And let's hope we get lucky, and you for tuning in. So each and every week, thanks for tuning in, because without you, there be no us. And as always, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good luck, Zenyatta, and the best to everyone who's watching and enjoying the Sport of Kings. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.